Hello, welcome to the Flatland BMX Podcast. This is Scott O'Brien, and today I'm going to be interviewing Mr. Terry Adams. So just here in a minute, I'm going to get on the phone with him, but for right now, I'm going to play you one of my favorite current songs. Uh, Check it out, and right after, we will be getting on the phone with Terry Adams. Thank you. Hope you guys like that little jam that was ragged on by Leisure Cruise. I actually rip a lot of music off of uh, Matias Dundois, uh Spotify. Uh, so if you guys are on Spotify, definitely go follow Matias. He's got some great music, man. I, I, I've been getting his music for years and years, uh, even previous to Spotify, man. Uh, I've always followed his music, and, and he's turned me on to some great stuff. But anyway, um, so I'm going to get on the phone here with Terry Adams, and uh, this will be the first podcast situation I got here with the Flatland BMX podcast. Uh, so my name is Scotty and I'm here for everybody. And so let me go call this dude right now. And thank you guys for tuning in. Yo, I'm stoked. Hello, Terry Adams. What's up, man? How are you doing? Hey, hey man. How's it going, buddy? I am doing really well. The weather in Louisiana is impeccable. I know, man. It's amazing, right? Well, welcome to the podcast, the Flatland BMX podcast, bro. Dude, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm really stoked to be a part of it and stoked that you're uh, doing something that's uh, that's different right now that uh, uh, people can enjoy and, and hopefully feed off from and get some motivation from. Yeah, I mean, that's the point, man. Let's get, get another avenue to promote Flatland BMX and to put the riders in the forefront, the riders like yourself who have been on a journey and have built um, a life through Flatland BMX. And that's what I actually want to talk to you about today, Terry. I want to talk to you kind of, you know, like about your journey. Uh, I mean, we're good friends. So, I mean, you know, this is a great person to interview for my first one, for my first podcast interview. Um, so about your journey, like, you know, I'd like to, I like to talk to you about it, like from beginning, like to end. And people would probably like to know a little bit about it. So like, can you, like maybe think back to the beginning, the very beginnings of your journey, that first, that first stage of, of discovering BMX. Yeah, it's cool because, you know, if you talk to any flatland rider or any BMX rider, it's like, it's almost like they can remember that those first moments where they've seen it for the first time, you know, cause they, they seen it and they were like, man, that is so wild looking. Like I definitely want to be a, a part of that. And, uh, the the crazy thing is, is uh, my mom would drive me to my grandmother's every day, and there was this guy guy at a gas station that was uh, riding flatland like down the street from from my mom's house, and uh, <laughs> I was probably I was probably like eight or nine years old, and uh, she would pull her car car over and we'd watch this guy we'd watch this guy ride. And eventually, she she pulled over and said like, hey. Uh, uh, is there any kind of videos or anything we we could order? And he su- he actually suggested the the, Dor- the Dorkin series and uh, Dorkin and York series, and that was that was the first video that I had ordered, and it was kind of my first introductory to Flatland. So it was just kind of by it was just kind of by fate that I, this guy would go over the overpass by my mom's house, and he would literally be doing a surfer down the overpass, and that's, that's how I knew he. <laughs> That's how I knew he was on the way to to his little riding spot by the gas station where I would have my mom bring me. So, um, <clears throat> when I see, when that Dorkin video came in the mail, uh, I remember taking about ten steps back from the TV. I wasn't even sitting down on the couch yet. I was just like it turned on, and this crazy music came on, and it was it was I'm assuming Chase and Kevin on the screen, and as I was watching it as a as a kid, that's like eight or nine years old, I was, I, I was so blown away because I didn't understand what I was actually looking at. You know, <laughs> as, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. That's as, awesome. as a kid, as a kid, I'm seeing the, 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 the frame swing around. I'm seeing like them do all these movements on the bike, but I didn't understand it. I just knew in my head I wanted, like that was, that was that moment in my head where I, I knew and I wanted to try to figure out what it felt like to be able to maneuver a bicycle like that. So that was kind of my first intro of like seeing Flatland for the first time. So like you were just like, 
just like, holy smokes, like this is something I can really get into. Like, I'm just so motivated by it. It's just, you know, fresh and just like new and like it's different and I want to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, what what drew me to it is, you know, I, I, I wasn't that great in school. You know, I'm, I'm uh, very uh, – had problems with dyslexia uh in in school i had a lot of anxiety uh, about school because because of those issues and uh anything to do with sports and traditional sports my mom tried to put me in in baseball and i had i had a lot of problems following directions so when i seen this on the screen i'm like oh this is something that i can like work on by myself it can be like it can be like a craft that I can do that, that that doesn't involve any any rules or regulations, and I can just go out and and try try my own try my own stuff and and really get into it, you know. Wow, that that really makes sense, man. That's like almost the total opposite of like my my way of of getting into into it. Like it really yeah. is. Like that's cool, man. Because it's like <clears throat> nowadays, like we're more educated with learning disabilities, learning disorders, and like the avenues that people with dyslexia or autism and stuff and how special that those people really are and the things that those people can do. Um, and I think, you know, now as a society, we recognize those special people. And, you know, when you were a kid, you just did it through Flatland, you know, and uh, it's, it's actually exactly. an awesome, awesome topic and subject. And, and uh, it's like for another day, but like, that's part of your journey. And that's really, really cool that, that it went that way, man. And uh, I'm glad you, you discovered it because that's how we became French, you know? So once you exactly. moved on from, like, the first discovery stages of it and, like, you know, like, what was, like, your next your next step? It, it was kind of like everyone's first step, you know? You, 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 kids, you meet kids from the neighborhood. Just everyone wants to ride bikes and everyone wants to, like, jump, you know, set up boards on buckets and, and jump ramps and, you know, I created a, a little team called the Nuts Team around this little small air, uh, in this little small town <laughs> of mine, and uh, ha- had little had shirts made that were were airbrushed that said the Nuts Team that had a big picture of Dave Mir on the front where we went to the mall and said we want five shirts made that say the Nuts Team on the back and we had Dave Mir doing a big 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 no hander on, on the front and uh, we called our we called ourselves the Nuts Team we we're just kids and. You know, there there was times when these kids were they really wanted to play football and they really wanted to play baseball and I would go out there and play with them. But man, my passion was like I really wanted to be on the bike. And some some mornings I would I would go to their house and I would be like, Yeah, or, or, can they come out? And they're like, they would have to tell their mom like, uh, PJ, you know, they they don't really want to ride bikes today. They they kind of want to do do other things, uh, so they just kind of wanted to break the news to me. And they would have their mom break the news to me because they knew it was they knew it was going to upset me. Because in my eyes, I was like, "Dude, we're like, what's up with the Nuts team? Like, we, we got to take this to a new level." You know. <laughs> and, so at that and, point, uh, at that point, you were obviously like really, really all in, really, really obsessed at that point. Whereas other kids were just kind of like being kids doing other stuff. But you were just like focused and all in at such a young age, right? Oh, dude, I, I can envision this moment where we were we were pedaling down this country street, and uh, and we were all talking about what we wanted to be when we grow up. And uh, one of the kids was like, "Yeah, you know, like I heard being a doctor was like, pay you know paid a, a, a lot of money, so my dad really wants me to be a doctor." And the other kid was, you know, now nah, I want to be a dentist because I heard that pays really well. And it sounds really typical, but the other kid was like, yeah, man, I want to be a lawyer. And they were like, and I, I just like cut all of them off. And I'm like, dude, like we're the nuts team. Like, dude, I'm out here doing this because I want to, I want to be the, I, I want to be the guy in the, in the magazine. Like I want to be a pro bike rider. And that they, even as kids, man, they looked at me and like, I was crazy. They were like, so that was the beginning. The- that was the beginning of the end of the nuts team. Is what you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, dude. Like I, I remember us pedaling. I remember the exact moment where we were at in the street when, when they kind of like laughed and giggled at me. They're like, dude, we're in like little pumpkin center, Louisiana. Like they're like, dude, you have like, like I wasn't following. Like they were all like, man, we heard this, this job, right? Money, and right. I was more like, 
I didn't, I wasn't chasing to be a professional bike rider for money. I was more like, man, I'm so passionate about this. Like when I watch these guys on the, on the screen and I watch, and I look at these magazines that we're buying as kids, like I just wanted to be the guys in the magazines or I wanted to be the guys in these VHS tapes and I wanted to be on their skill level. So, and I just knew that that was called a professional bike rider. I didn't know that like, like money would then come along. Right. Right. Like you wouldn't even think about that. Right. No, I was just like, this, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to, I want to follow like what I, what I love so much and what I'm like obsessing about as, as a kid, you know? And maybe, and maybe there was a little bit of underlying part of that with something you spoke about previously with dyslexia. Like you were thinking to yourself, like, man, I can't go those routes, man. Like, like I'm having pro I have problems with dyslexia with learning and learning disability. Like I, I, I can't do those things. And maybe, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when this was not as, you know, we didn't have as much education about dyslexia back then that we do now, but maybe you felt that that was like a problem. So, so you just kept going a route that you were finding more, uh, more, uh, your positivity with and more uh, success with, you just kept going that BMX route. Do you think that might've been like a little bit of it too? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I just know I was obsessed, man. Like my, my, my walls were, you know, you, you pick up a BMX magazine back then when my, when, when my involvement went from riding, riding ramps and racing and went, and it went strictly to flatland. I would pick up, I would get these BMX magazines and, you know, they'd be back then there'd be 200 pages and, uh, and a, and a BMX plus or a right. ride BMX. And I would just right. tear out the flat, I would just tear out the flatland photos and my walls were covered from ceiling all the way to the bottom with yeah. every every pro flatland rider, you know. Just and obsession, I, right. Uh, it was obsession. So I stared at those riders and, like, I just – I wanted to be that good so bad. Like, I was like, man, I, like, I just wanted to be one of those guys so bad. And, and I never really thought, like, oh, man, it's going to hold me back because I'm in Louisiana or, like, those – thoughts never crossed my my mind it was more about like I and not a lot of people know this but I was so obsessed with becoming a like quote-unquote like professional rider that I would I would go in the magazine and I'm like oh man there's like a number here you know there's there's a number in the magazine you can actually call the publication so I, I just I would start calling calling numbers in the mag so I I, 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 I call ride ride bmx magazine and they'd pick up and they'd be like what's up and i'd be like what's up and <laughs> you like, were just like hey yeah they're like what are you doing man? i'm like yeah i'm a flatland rider from louisiana i'm looking to get sponsors and they're like man you're calling the wrong number dude like you need to call like 1-800-RIDE-A-GT or something and i that's that's actually how i found out about 1-800-RIDE-A-GT i would I had a little spot down the street from my mom's house and they had a pay phone. And when I realized that I could call 1-800-RIDE-A-GT, I would call and ask for Woody Itson because he was the, he was the uh, team manager at the time. And I'm here, I am 12 years old. And every day after I'd finished riding, I'd call and I, you know, it's Woody Itson there. And they're like, yeah, let me put you through. I'd get Woody Itson on the phone. I'm like, Hey Woody, you know, it's Terry again. Uh, I'm Terry again. Yeah, I'm just wondering if I could, I could get that sponsorship. And, you know, he he never really, like, shunned me away. And I, I thought that was so cool about BMX is that it's it was so different than traditional sports to where you could I, – I knew who Woody Itson was, even though I wasn't a part of that era. I'm like, man, I, I can get Woody Itson on the phone? Like, so – It was that, – you could just, touch it. Like, yeah, you could that, touch that violin, kind of, yeah that dude that fueled my fire so much you know to where i could like get this guy get get this guy on the phone and like get him to talk to me so i, I would call him you know every week you know i started sending him right. vhs i would send him vhs tapes like hey woody it's me again like this is i just want to update you on my progression and i'd call him from the payphone after he'd get my tape and he'd be like terry man we reviewed your tape you know, you you know, just be honest with you, man. Just don't worry about sponsorships. You're young. You just stay passionate. You're going to get there one day, you know, like 
you, you'll, you'll totally get, you, you'll get there. Just like, don't even worry, worry about that stuff. But my state of mind back then was like, man, if I can get Woody Itson to pick up the phone, I'm going to call every number there is. And I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to talk, you know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to get, it's on, I'm it's gonna, on now. Yeah. It's, it's on. So then when I started going to those first, first flatland contests, like I started to realize back then they would, they would mention the amateur riders or the beginner riders. They would, they would actually write a story about those, those riders in the, in the magazines and about how their run went. And that first mention in the magazine, it was like, Oh yeah. You know, like Terry, he, uh, he had a funny looking hat on and he rode like a Gumby and it just, it kind of sounded like a diss. And I was like, man, well, I know these guys, you know, like I've called the magazine before. I'm about to call and ask what that meant. So I started calling the magazine every time they would mention. So I called that first time and I said, Hey, you know, it's Terry. I seen you guys mention that, uh, I rode like a Gumby and, and, you know, I just kind of offended by it and it said that I look funny on the bike and everything. And I'm just kind of bummed like on who wrote that. And, uh, they were like, uh, man how old are you and i'm like i'm 12 and they're like terry man like you just you just need to chill out a little bit they're like you know you're like you made the finals man just be happy with that you're you're 12 years old and you got eighth place and and so then that next month when the magazine came out they were like terry terry adams called again to uh to say that you know he didn't really feel like he uh he looked he looked funny on his bike so uh we're sorry about putting that in there terry so when I found out that they would start mentioning me in the news, that that was really the end of it. Like, okay, so you were like, okay, they they responded to me, like, all right, yeah, now they know, yeah. they really know who I am. I know who they are. I've seen some dude, results. Yeah, dude, I got a stack of magazines where just where they were mentioning me in the news that were and those and the, those news clips are like, Harry called again to say he didn't actually get third at at the BS contest, he actually got right. second. And so right. sorry about that, Terry. So it kind of became a thing where like, man, I like, I'm getting news mentions, you know, like, right. Man, right. maybe <laughs> may, like I'm getting news mentions. Like, dude, this is crazy. Like maybe one day yeah. I'm going to, I'm inching my way into this and one day I'm going to get a photo. These guys like know who I am or whatever. Right. Cause right. I'm called, cause I'm calling, you know? So, um, I, I'll go ahead and say, I, I was pretty obsessed with trying to like, inch inch my way inch my way in there in there to where eventually you know i did get that first photo in the magazine because right. you know mark losey knew who i was because i had been calling the magazine for ages you know right and uh, yeah. it, you know i i eventually you know did get in that first vhs tape because i was showing up at at all the contests and eventually woody itson did start sending me free frames because he was like dang terry grew up man he's he's 15 he stopped sending me videos but I heard he was at I heard he was in this contest and he was killing it. So it was like uh in in a big way I, I really kinda pushed myself in there and didn't really wait around for someone to like discover me. I was like determined I was determined as a kid for uh for to kind of put myself out there to make sure they they recognize my face and my name. Yeah, like you can't wait on others. You have to make your own path. If you're waiting you're going to be sitting there waiting for a long, long time. You got to go out and do it yeah. yourself, and that and that's what you did. You did it at such a young age, you know, really young age, man. But you know, like, so let's fast forward, okay? So that was your foundation. That was your youth. That's the motivation you had when you were a kid. Like, fast forward all the way now, okay? So <clears throat> let's just say, you know, like, let's just go right into it. Like, let's just say you went through your amateur stuff. And okay, your first professional competition, and you start to ride professional flatland BMX. So let's fast forward to that. You're riding professional flatland BMX now at a very young age. All right, take me into that. Yeah, it that basically came from meeting the meeting a group of guys in New Orleans, uh, and then that was Mickey and and Eugene, and um, and then eventually meeting you short, shortly after. You know, like after I found that that crew that would could motivate me back then man like i told you before it was it was really about like man like stoking your crew out on like what you can do that's different than they're doing because that's that's what really drew me to 
to to those guys was like, man, like Mickey's got all his own stuff, and Eugene's doing all his own tricks. Like, and I, I want to. My 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 obsession became wanting to be a from wanting to be a pro from wanting to like differentiate myself from the riders around me because back then that's 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 what flatland was all about was being different than than the others around you so it was like those guys would come and ride with me one month and it became my goal to be so much different than them right right and for and for them to show up and be like dude did you see what terry's doing like he's grabbing the tire instead of the seed or, you know, it was like, it was little things. It was little things. It wasn't these big original tricks, but I was well on my way to know that, uh, to get recognized in Flatland, you had to be, you had to be doing something different. You, you, you had to recognize Flatland for what it was. And, and that was about, that was about originality. So my, my obsession then kind of grew into like, not really being a pro rider, but like really progressing with these other riders that, that I had met. And, um, around, around that time I was like, uh, I would say 15, 16 years old and started traveling to contest and, uh, just went ahead and the, I, I ended up entering pro my first contest because I had the number to, to Drew's BMX, uh, mail order and, those are some other guys that I called to kind of keep me motivated all the way in California. I'd order my parts there and they kind of hooked me up and people would pick up the phone there. And I would ask like one time Nathan Pananzic picks up the phone there and I'm like, man, I'm thinking about entering pro. And he was like, Oh yeah, just be careful, you know, cause when you enter pro, you, you can't really go back, you know? And, uh, back then it was like the, the BS series were happening and like the X games were happening. So he was just kind of being, cautious and i remember that conversation he was just being cautious with me to let me know like dude make sure you're ready because you know you might be winning all this all these amateur contests right now you know might be getting first or second place but man when you jump up into that pro game man you you really got to stand out so i'm not telling you not to do it but man, be ready for for when you do because because you 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 really got to have that that skill set you know and just again being able to reach out and, and and talk to a guy like McKinney or, or Dave Smith or Nathan, Nathan Pananzic, they would just pick up the phone by, by calling this Huntington beach number, man, that, that was just fueling my fire, you know? Yeah. And I mean, network, networking is huge, man. I mean, you got to have a network for success, you know? And I mean, I tell my son now, like, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. You know what I mean? Surround yourself with great people and great things will happen. And, And you've continuously, continuously done that time and time again, reinventing yourself, networking, networking, you know, who's around me, how can I go to the next level? So, so you turn pro, you go in pro competitions and then, and then, you know, you ride in pro contests, you know, anyone that's flatland BMX, they know that you kind of lit it up, you did really well. And, and, and so you start to kind of go into this world of professional BMX rider, right? And then here come some sponsorship opportunities. So now here's the next level. So you went from being a kid discovering BMX to being a kid with the nuts crew, hanging out, chilling, you know, with each other to being a kid motivated to ride amateur flatland BMX competitions. You did amateur flatland BMX contests. Then you went into this pro competition uh, level. And then you went even deeper into the pro level. Like you started to grow up a little bit and you started to see opportunities through sponsorships and ways that you can continue to be a pro athlete. So tell me that deeper part, like when the pro stuff really started working with the sponsors and then you started to find out about, oh, I can get my travel paid. Oh, I can ride even more because I'm getting a sponsor. So tell me about that. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just tell I'll just sum it up really quick is, you know, I started filming these VHS tapes and sending them to all these companies. And my, my goal was like, man, someone's going to call me back because I, I feel like I'm pretty good. You know, like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm pretty good at riding at this point. Like I got some original tricks. So I'm going to, I'm going to have my friends fill me out on the country street and, and send these tapes around. So right. uh, w- one of the, one of the first tapes I sent out was uh, just being 
just being kind of proactive and annoying still kid that I was, I I sent out a tape and a letter to two hip and uh, uh, immediately got a call back. And they were like, Hey man, we got your tape and uh, you're pretty good. And I was like, thanks man. And they were like, we'd we'd love to like hook up a sponsor, a sponsorship with you and uh, you know, send you, send you out a bike and, um, and just start, start supporting you on like a, you know, product level. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's great, man. Like I, I'm like, I'm, 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 I guess I'm sponsored, you know? And, uh, so that, that, that immediately started fueling my fire thinking, you know, just knowing that I had a, a company that like thought I was good enough to like, to ride their product and thought I was good enough to like be out there in the contest scene, like wearing that, wearing that two hip shirt and riding that two hip bike, it was like, man, it, it, it really started to, to fuel my fire. So I remember going to the Louisville contest in 99 with you. And, and that was actually my, my first plane ride and it was Louisville 99. And I did a, an interview with, with Paul Vale. And I remember he interviewed me and the interview was online actually. And during the interview, he said, uh, I ended up getting second place. Matt Wilhelm got first. And uh, at the time, I guess we were like the two U.S. guys on in, in the amateur scene that was doing well in, in the AM class. And uh, Paul Bale interviewed me after the contest, and he was like, yeah, so uh, how's things going with two hip? And I'm like, man, they're going great. And he was like, so they, they, uh, they helped you get out here, and they helped pay your entry fee. And when he said that, as a 15-year-old, dude, I didn't know that that's – that I didn't even know at that point that my sponsor should be maybe helping pay that $100 entry fee or maybe helping me get to this contest because I'm promoting their bike. Like, I was at, – at, I remember not even knowing how to answer that question. I was like, uh – um, no, no, I, I got my own entry fee and, uh, you know, my mom helped me buy my flight out here. And he was like, uh, he like looked at me like, Oh, okay. And then it it was short, shortly after that, I, I had gotten a, a double, my first double page picture in a magazine and, you know, I could see the big two hip logo on my shirt and the two hip logo on the bike. And, uh, I had talked to a couple of people in the industry and they were like, man, you should really call up two hip to see if they can maybe, you know, give you a little bonus or something for that photo or something, you know, anything. And I, I called, I called and uh, I called two hip and I'm like, yeah, uh, I got this photo in the magazine. And they're like, yeah, man, we've seen it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so psyched on it. Uh, is there a way that I could get a little bit of compensation? And they're like, no, nah, we're, we're not really a, uh, a company that that helps out riders in that way financially. Uh, we're we're kind of we're kind of more of a company that helps riders get their start. You know, they're like we help Andrew Ferris get his start, and and you know they named a bunch of riders that were obviously recognizable. So they put it in a way to where it made sense to me, but it was also in a way to where I think it, it was kind of time for me to move on, and I and I recognized that early on. So that very next that very next contest is I was still on a two hip bike, but I covered it with stickers. You couldn't tell what kind of bike it was. And, and that's, that's where we met, uh, you know, York and Akira for the first time when, when Aries bikes was, was just starting. And, um, shortly after that contest, like, I believe it was you that had a conversation with York about myself and about how, you know, we can, how it was an opportunity for them to grow Aries here, here in, in the U S and, um, uh, my, my first trip out to Japan, they, they, they brought me out there and it was a big crew back then, man. Like it, Aries bikes was, was huge. And they brought me out there to like, to discuss my sponsorship. And it was like me, it was Jeff DeRoche. It was Corey Stratichuk. It was James McGraw. It was, it was it was it was a big crew of us, and we were out there for the KOG contest, and we 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 all went to go. And this is this is at a at a time where I still didn't know much about sponsorships. I didn't know much about endorsing products. I just knew I was still following my passion. And it, there was an upstairs 
uh, and upstairs in in the office for Aries Bikes, and everyone was going up there to discuss their contract. And then they would come down and they would kind of say exactly what they got. You know, everyone was kind of open about what they got as far as like in their contract. And I'm freaking out because I'm 18 years old. I just traveled all the way to Japan, you know, with basically by myself. Travis Collier was on the flight. But I'm like, man, I'm about to go up here to, like, discuss what I want. Like, what what do I want, you know? And, like, 18 years old, I don't want money. I want to ride, you know? Like, I want to I wanna travel. I want to keep competing and, like, learning tricks and, like, and inspiring my, my friends back home and, and these other people at contests. So I remember the first guy came down, and he was like, man, I got – he was like, I got this much per month. And I was like, oh, man, like – these guys are getting like money per month. And the next guy came down and he was like, I got this much per month. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I, I'm next. So I go up there and it was York Uno and it was the, the owner of, of the company and Katsu Sarah. And they were like, you know, what, well, well, what do you want? And I, I was thinking and I was thinking about everyone else walking down those stairs. And I said, I really just want to, travel around the world and 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 keep promoting myself and and flatland so i really just want you guys to help me with like plane tickets and so it was funny i I came down the stairs and they were all like how much did you get and i was like dude i got i got six plane tickets a year and they were like what you didn't ask for any any money and i'm like no no they I, i said you know maybe next year we can work that out but i was basically like the only rider that came down those stairs that like was wanting to like travel and like follow that, that passion part of like wanting to just keep competing. And it ended up working out really well for me because those six flights a year that Aries funded me that first, that first and second year enabled me to go back to Japan and, and go to, and go to London and, and go, you know, all these contests over the the, the U.S. And, and they were funding that, and that's uh, eventually uh, kind of how Red Bull discovered me because I went over to your house and and was showing a, a videotape to Red Bull. You know, I, the, the the way the story went was you were like, "Dude, Red Bull's coming over here to talk about a contest I want to do, which is now Voodoo Jam," and you were like, "Dude, some people are coming over here." I think you really need to be here. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of busy. And you're like, no, today could like change your life forever. If you, if you just come here, like, I don't care you were like, I don't care what you bring, bring, uh, bring the tape from you in Japan. Cause I ended up winning that contest in Japan in 2002. So I brought it and I was like, look, this is how a flatland contest looks like with all the people and everything. And it was when you were pitching voodoo jam. And, uh, that's, that's how my relationship got got started with Red Bull is it was very organically because I wasn't going over there to try to get a sponsorship. I was just going over there to like, you know, support you and the event that you wanted to do in new Orleans. So it was a very organic thing that happened. And at that point I, I realized like, man, like after I got the Red Bull deal, like this, if if I play my cards right, I can, I can really make this a, a business. And that's when my focus really shifted become from becoming the best BMX rider to and becoming the the rider that could win all the time to also becoming the 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 best rider in uh in marketing as far as growing growing those marketing skills and being a professional rider right I, I you know I remember a lot of that stuff and just to go back and on a couple of things you spoke about was like the first thing that you thought of was like investing into yourself and Aries bikes and giving you, you know, you're, you wasn't looking to take, you were looking to give back and, and that's huge, you know, investing, investing in things that you love, you know, and then the organic part with Red Bull, you were just being yourself. And then you of course, listen to my advice for that initial meeting and it was just being yourself in the path that led you to that point. So you invested in, in yourself. You invested in Aries. You didn't want to take from Aries. You wanted to give back to Aries and make Aries better. And, and, and you, you know, you wasn't looking to be selfish. And in all that 
all of that in turn gave back to you uh, without you even trying, you know? So, you know, and, and I think that that's a great thing that, that, that happened with your process is that you were trying to give back and just continue to ride your bike without having to like go get a job and all that stuff and, and everything. But I mean, like you were trying, you were giving back and you, yeah. you received so much, you received so much because of it. So now, now you're, you know, that was your process. Obviously Red Bull is the greatest. And I mean, it was awesome. And, and so you, you've learned to maintain that, that relationship with your sponsors now. So now here you are, you know, years later, um, you know, traveled the world several dozen times, um, been everywhere, done all these amazing shows and uh, all these amazing competitions you've been a part of. And like, so now that journey has led you, I think, you know, I think we can even fast forward to this point now of like you and how you've learned to be now a professional athlete. So from being that kid discovering the kid doing a surfer, at the gas station to the nuts crew kid with all the, the kids with the nuts crew, you know, to like meeting the homies in new Orleans, becoming this really good amateur rider. Then you become this professional rider, phone calls, calling people all just being a part of the industry networking, you know, then you get up into this Aries thing. You give back to Aries. Aries gives back to you. It's a beautiful thing. You met Red Bull. You go through this whole process with Red Bull. You, these years at Red Bull, you compete, you've done all these amazing things. And so that, to me, is like a synopsis of your journey. And now you are here at this point. And, and like, I think one of the things that I think you just maybe should talk about is, like, the professional aspect that you have right now. Like, what is that professional aspect? The maintaining of the sponsorships and where you are right now with it. I mean, to be honest, like, over the years, uh, I realized that if I'm going to main maintain this lifestyle of being a professional rider slash professional athlete, I'm going to have to put in a lot more work than just being really good on the bike. Like I gotta, I gotta also be a, a really good person off the bike, you know, not just with my personality, not just with being humble, but being able to, to talk to these companies and, and, share what's working and what's what's not you know what i mean and not only share what's working and what's not but but keeping those partnerships strong by by you by utilizing everything that's going going on and let and letting them know like man if if i'm doing if i'm doing this for for red bull in this state well hey like I I know that like there's going to be a raising canes out there so like let me let me let raising canes know that 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 I'm going to be out in this area for Red Bull. And it's just always been this like communication thing for me to where like, I don't want to take anything for granted. So not taking anything for granted sometimes means sacrificing riding so hard as I used to when I was younger to actually putting down the bike and picking up the phone and making sure my sponsors know everything that's, that's going on. And as that kid that was calling the the magazine, I've still kind of kept a lot of that proactiveness in me as a professional rider to the point to where, you know, I, I the, the the way I got that 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 first cover of of Rod BMX was I actually I call I actually sent an email to Jeff Zelensky and and asked like, is there a chance I could get on the cover? You know, like I. I took those extra steps to like do do things that might not be the coolest thing to do. You know, it's it's not the coolest thing to track down a sponsor. It's not the coolest thing to ask for a cover. But I did these things, and when I seen that they 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 started to work, it was almost like, man, this is this is really relatable to Flatland in in a big way. Because, man, if I could learn how to ride a bike upside down with my feet crossed, then dude, I can learn how to like, you know inch my way onto the cover of a magazine, you know, just by sending, just by sending out an email, you know, and, um, if I, if I can inch my way onto the cover of a magazine, then, man, maybe I can inch my way onto being on the Ellen DeGeneres show, or maybe I can inch my way into, you know, into 
reaching out to another company and tell them about all these great things I have going on and how they can benefit from partnering with me as well. So uh, I it just seems like, it seems like, like, yeah, you still, you, you're still reverting back like years and years later, you're reverting back to that, that natural instinct to network. Like, you know, pick up that phone to Drew's BMX. Who's there? Hey, what's your advice on going pro? Like, it just seems like you, you're reverting back to that natural instinct always of, like, taking care of those around you. Like, I'm sure that when you got that cover of Ride BMX, obviously you were happy for yourself and you were really stoked that for Flatland that we got on the cover of BMX. But I'm sure you were also very happy for your sponsors. Like, you were, like, stoked for your sponsors. Like, you were probably, like, excited that, man, I, I got us on the cover. Like, you weren't thinking, like, I got me on the cover. Like, you were thinking, like, I got us on the cover. Like, I got Red Bull. I got us. I got I know Aries bike. I got an Aries frame on the cover. Like, you were probably stoked for everyone in the Terry camp, as if I could put it in one thing, you know? Yeah, and including Flatland, because, you know, it, 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 became, it became a thing where I was, I almost became obsessed with not only the business aspect of riding and, and figuring out and, and figuring out those avenues, how to, how to manage those sponsors the, 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 to, to, to the most that I could. But it, I also became obsessed with letting people know that Flatland deserved to be right on the cover, you know, that Flatland right. deserved to have, to have a contest uh, in, in the U S that looked great. You know that Flatland deserved to to be at this certain event, and right. and you know it, it it almost became a mission of mine for for many years, and even even now to 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 stand up and say like, man, this is kind of where where it all started. Like kids started popping wheelies, you know, kids. Right. This is where it started. Kids didn't start building building uh quarter pipes kids didn't start by having a, a huge ramp a huge mini ramp in their backyard like right. kids started on stingrays popping wheelies and this is the foundation really of, of of bmx so man we are cool and there is a great way to present it and i became obsessed with like showing those companies and showing those media outlets like the best way to present it whether it be you know riding riding on, on the water or whether it be riding in the middle of a desert or, or just in some crazy yeah. place that wasn't a, wasn't a parking lot. It made Flatland look cool. And that's what I started to care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really began, I really began to care about like um, showing the rest of the BMX industry that, that we deserve to, to be here and we deserve to be on these pages just as much right. as any of the other riders, you know? Yeah, and I think I think what's cool about like in our whole group of guys, even you know with Mickey and you know Eugene had had done a lot of things, but like we've all like and and there's a lot of guys in Flatland that are ambassadors of Flatland, you know, and like you once you become an ambassador, you're always trying to push the sport, and that's something that you've always always done, and that we've always done myself and Mickey with the filming, and we've always just been ambassadors of pushing Flatland, and there's guys out there that that do it. And then there's guys out there that they just get, get in their own zone and that, that that's their thing. They just ride. Not everybody's capable of being an ambassador, you know, and that's okay. But, but you've always given back. You've always been an ambassador, man. And that's, that's awesome. And, and that's what I, I've loved about it. And um, so like, it's all, you know, I want to wrap it up, man. And like, so now yeah. let's just, let's talk about today, today, where you're at with it as a professional you know, let's, you know, like, like what's going on right now and like, how are you, you maintaining yourself at, at, at this, this point stage in your Flatland BMX career? Well, o over the years, you know, I, uh, I, I, I really took a step back from, from wanting to be like the best in a contest and, and, and wanting to get on that podium to, to, to being the best, like just professional that I could be in, in the sport, you know, and and a lot of that it it was a huge sacrifice because I sometimes I had to put down my bike and worry about that 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 other stuff, kind of more than the the progression of my riding. And right, I'm I, I'm not at all I'm not at all regretful that I did that because 
that's the reason I'm able to to sit here today and and talk to you. You know what I mean? Like it was it was right. it was such a small it was such a small sacrifice for me to to not ride some of those days to to focus on you know how I'm going to get that next paycheck or how I'm going to get that next sponsor or how I'm going to come up with that next project idea to to put Flatland in the forefront. That was such a small sacrifice to be able to 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 wake up every morning and live that childhood dream of of knowing that man all those photos on that wall like that I looked up when I was a kid like dude I'm I'm one of those guys now and I'm and I'm and I'm legit living a child childhood dream and I'm I'm convinced today that it through Flatland I've I've learned that man just anything is possible you know if I if I could if I could learn how to like niche my way into this this little industry, dude. I I mean I can, you could yeah. hand me a I, I'm convinced that you could have handed me a yo yo at this point and I would have been like, dude, I'm gonna find dude. Yo yo is my passion. I'm about to be a yo yo. About to be the yo yo yo. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to be a yo yo king. So so right so right now at this very moment, uh, over the past year, I, I've I've kind of had to relook at things and say and and I'm watching the contest scene and I'm, I'm watching everything that's going on. There's so much cool activity going on in Flatland right now to where the Flatland contests have changed so much than what, what they used to be to where, man, they just look so cool. And the, the, the audience is so engaged and uh, you being out there as an, as an MC at a lot of the events, you see it. It's like, man, it's like, I don't want to be biased, but I, I almost feel like we got like the cool the coolest discipline in BMX right now because because the <laughs> the audience can can be so close you know and and it can be so intimate and and it's almost like we got this we got this underground thing but then we can bring this audience together and, and watch it and 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 they can almost like even though they don't understand the tricks they can like see the the passion and feel the passion of what we have going on through these events so. Basically, like, I, I, t- I took a step back and re-looked at the contest scene, and I was like, man, I, 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 need, to get b- I need to get back in there. And, yeah, you're uh, right. So, yeah, so, of course. So, th- so this year, uh, af- after Voodoo Jam, I just, you know, obviously, you know, uh, maybe I'm not riding as great as, as I was in 2011 or 2009 or 2007 or even 2000. 13 but man to get out there and pull one trick is to pull one trick at this year's booty jam gave me that feeling of knowing this is this is where i belong you know there's there's people in the world there's people in the world to like entertain and then there's people in the world to be entertained and that moment of me pulling that like one trick and like looking up at the crowd i was like damn like i'm really selling myself short because I'm, I'm one of the people, one of the individuals in the world that's here to entertain people. And I, I really feel like my, I have something to offer in, in with my riding that then, then, then others, something a little bit different. And when I felt that out there for that second, I'm like, dude, I got to go to feast in Edmonton. And then I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta go to Mexico. So I've kind of re-entered the, the, the contest scene and, and I, and I plan that to keep that up. And a big inspiration is, is, is watching those guys that, that I looked up to when I was 12 that are still out there competing at a high level. Like, awesome. I mean, you know, Alex Jumlin is the, is a, the prime example is when I was 12, you know, that, that, that dude's at a, at a contest and, and I looked up to him and look, he's, he's still at the top. He's still at the top of his game. So, me, me yeah. knowing that, and me, and me seeing that, dude, that's that's a big reason yeah. why I'm I'm stepping back in because I'm like I'm not I'm not done here. Yeah. No. you know I'm yeah. not done here. I, I'm far from done. I, I I got I got a lot to show and a and a lot to give and and um man we're we're put on earth to inspire people and if I feel like I can contribute to that through Flatland, man I'd be selling like myself short by not being out there so that that's where i'm at dude is like obviously focusing on everything that i have going on and my professional life with riding but 
man, I'm more than motivated than ever to to step back in, into the contest scene to 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 uh, to be a part of what's going on because it's great. Well, man, that's awesome, dude. Like, I, I, I'm with you on it all. Support you 100. percent I'm stoked for you. And, um, you know, before we, uh, you know, close out today, you know, um, I just do you have anybody you want to thank or anything you you want to say before we shut it out? Dude, to be honest, uh, I just I want to thank you uh, for not only starting this podcast, but you've been a a big a big motivator for me throughout my entire you know, BMX career of, of saying like, dude, like you can do it. You know, like you, you had that fatherly figure there for me of, you know, kind of telling me that like, you know, dude, like just, just, just keep going, just, just keep doing what you're doing because whatever you're doing is, is, is working. And there's been many times where you, you've stepped in and helped me, you know, when when I was a teenager, and then many times when you you stepped in, you know, in my twenties and 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 thirties, and helped me not just in Flatland but in life. So, to to thank anyone but besides you, uh, I don't even feel like it'd be right at this point. So thank you. Uh, all right, man, you're very very welcome. Glad I could help you on that journey. I mean, the story of your journey. We put it in in just a few minutes here in a podcast, man. And that's just awesome. We could fit it all in but before closing like what i'd like to say is like a little statement i just want to thank everybody for listening in but i would like to say one thing like you can achieve anything in life so i'll go back to that kid at the beginning of the podcast that was with the nuts crew and all the kids were choosing doctor lawyer all these different career fields and it's my opinion that if terry adams chose to be a doctor he could be a brain surgeon right now but he chose this path and it's been an amazing and wonderful path so i think anything you choose in life if you give it everything you got it's attainable. It's achievable, you know? And so with that being said, thanks to everybody listening to my first podcast. Thanks Terry Adams for coming out and, and, and doing this interview with me. I'm stoked to do these podcasts and I want to push Flatland BMX and the mindset to another level. So peace out everybody. And thank you very much. Mm-hmm.